0: And ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the the latest episode of Strategy in the Virtual Controller, where Penny, my co-host and I, Damien Gracehead, we sit down and we discuss what are the issues that uh, practitioners and, and we don't want to call them practitioners because they're businesses that do accounting and bookkeeping, those business owners, what are the issues that they're facing? what are the challenges that they uh, that they're faced with their day to day and how can we help overcome some of those challenges so that the business owners can be more intentional in the work that they do and the types of services? that they provide to their clients. So strategy in the virtual controller is built on a premise of of the book by David Meister Strategy and uh, the Fat Smoker, uh, and the idea that we can we can be easily distracted by shiny short-term uh, objects. And so how do we avoid those shiny distractions to focus on the long-term uh, strategic objectives? and the, the strategic initiatives that will drive our firm forward in terms of profitability, in terms of uh, work-life balance, and, and and really delivering on why we went into business. So, as I said, my name is Damian Penny, my co-host, you're sitting in San Diego. How are you today? I'm doing fine, and you're in Hawaii today. I'm sitting in Hawaii today, yeah. So, uh, the the borders came down in Australia. They let us out. Well, most importantly, they're letting us back in. Um yeah. We decided to to meet uh, Gus's grandparents halfway uh, in Hawaii. So pretty excited to, to be here, back on US soil.
1: All right, and in a nice place. How's the surf? Uh,
0: where we are, the, we can't really see a lot of the surf. But the water temperature is phenomenal, so I know that much. So the the water temperature is great. Oh, cool. Hey. Well. well, Penny, we were we were chatting in preparation for this episode, and and sort of. One of the this great resignation idea still still is very much playing out in the marketplace, and particularly where we are in tax season, um, you see more and more, and I've seen more and more on LinkedIn those advertisements from from firms saying we're looking for for good quality people, um, and all firms are constantly always looking for good quality people, and and something came up that um, one of the big frustrations when good quality people come into a, a firm. If they're not onboarded correctly, um, they, <laughs> these people can come into the firm and out of the firm very quickly. If if we don't look at the actual onboarding of our team uh, in terms of our systems and processes, and that has a massive impact on uh, on on the, the the team, on the clients, on the workflow, on on the efficiency of the practice on the stress of tax season. So you, you were sitting in a webinar as well and and had a a similar comment.
1: Yeah. In in this case, it was a a confluence of events um, that uh, somebody said something in a webinar and I was reading a Slack message on my other screen and went, shit, that's exactly (laughs) what happens. Um, And I, uh, I, I look for trouble words because because we use Slack for a lot of things, mainly because we're in so many different systems. It's the most ubiquitous way for me to, to track, uh, regardless of systems, to track communication. So I have these trouble words I look for. And one of them popped up while I was listening to this webinar in the background, and, and uh, this person said something about how different people in the same firm... Doing the same job can have different ways of doing things. And I've run into this before. You know, it's like you go into a firm and um, or a, a business, and like you know, there are eight account managers, and they have eight different ways that they do a trial balance. You know, it's like
0: you know, or, or it, yeah, or three different partners want their return prepared three different what three yeah. similar but slightly different ways.
1: Slightly different ways, and if you don't do it the way they want, you know, you are in trouble. Well. We run into that a lot in in my world, uh, and you know, it all comes down to us we did it. we did. It. And in this case, I'm looking at this message uh, to one of my supervisors, and I'm going, "This is so odd. Um, this She's been the supervisor of this team for going on three years. she um, she's brilliant she's she's always a person that you know if you, if you ask a question she's like does anybody have any questions she always has a question um she's very uh she's very good she you never get complaints on any of the work coming out of her team um so it was unusual to see this complaint so i took a deep breath instead of my usual bull in the china shop <laughs> <laughs> and um just because i i just know the client, and the client is so detailed. Client is just the perfect client to have for outsourcing. And um, I took a deep breath and I started to investigate. And I asked the, the person who was doing the tax return, why, or the, no, the bookkeeper who brought it up in the slab, uh, saying, what, co- what, what caused the problem? Where is it located? How did this happen? And, uh, cause it was a huge number of overstatement of income. And, um, in, she said, I don't know the tax accountant just told me this. So I contacted the tax accountant in Slack and she came back to me immediately and said, Oh, it's in this report and this is how it happened. And I went, okay. So then a couple hours later when my team came online, I asked them about it and they said, yeah, we knew this was going to happen because Three years ago, we this is a huge client of this. They were very slow to allow us to take on the work because it's so intricate. And um, it's specifically done by the supervisor, where the supervisor doesn't usually do that type of work. They just do a review. She does this because it's such a complicated job. And um, her name is Bhavani. So I'm just going to say Bhavani, She's awesome. And, uh, and then she said, here is the documented procedures we were given when we started doing the work. And everything was fine. Everything worked perfectly. And then a year later, a new account manager came into that U.S. firm and redid the procedure. My guess is she did not look at the prior procedure. And there is, because we use detailed communication, there's a whole history of, she brought, she went back and grabbed the communication. She goes, and this is where I told him this new procedure wasn't working. It was going to overstate income. And the response that she got back is in there, which is, just do what I told you to do. Hmm. And, you know, she didn't say anything to anybody. She, she just did what she was told to do, Right and then when they go to do the tax return at the end at the beginning of the next year the tax accountant finds it and the new third third book account manager said this is what you did wrong to my team which they used to hearing in which they took graciously which i did not take graciously <laughs> <laughs> and but um so I called the business owner who happens to be a good friend of mine. And she was, she was just as explosive as I was, but um, it was all resolved and nobody died and we got it all fixed. But it's an indication of when you bring somebody on board and, and see the thing is 48 hours later, the same thing occurred with one of the few direct clients I had where I happened to look at something and went,
2: What the? What?
1: Who the? And, and I went back and I looked at our procedures and they were detailed. They even had screenshots that this is the way this transaction is. There's a history that this transaction's always entered this way. Who the flipping house. So I went in and did an audit trail and said, Holy shit, one of my new employees did this. Which means that tells me that they were not signed off on this procedure. They just did the work. And so we failed. And mm-hmm. um, I think that in the heat of tax season, because we've had a slew of new hires, in the heat of tax season, we all get into that, uh, let's just get the work done, and we don't have the time to really not just onboard the person from an HR perspective, but from a perspective of these are the clients you're going to be working with and this is what we're doing for them. And do we have a documented procedure? How updated is that procedure? And do, did, you, did you sign off? Did you read this? Do you understand that? Is, do, you, do you have any more questions? What more do I need to tell you? Do you understand what you just read? Tell, Give it back to me what you understand this function to be. And there are some functions that are simple, you know, easy. But when you get a complicated client like that, there was a lot of, this one was a highly complicated client. The second one with my team, that was not a complicated thing. That was like, I just said, what are you just being like lazy? Do you not care? (laughs) Um, But the the first one, it was very, it's a very complicated system that we're running there
0: well you must see this at scale penny in terms of with the uh, with the outsourcing operation that you run because you because you're running multiple systems yes. you're you're working with multiple firms with multiple client managers uh, in that. so you're going to see this at scale. You've also got pretty in- incredibly tight service level agreements in terms of turnaround time as well. So there is very much an onus on getting the data processed and getting it back to the firm in a timely manner. So I, I, I you see this sort of a problem at scale where you've got to get you've got to burn through the work. Um, but the unfortunate it side of it
1: on a webinar where a book where an accountant said, that it happens to them and they're, they're just one office. I assumed it happens to us because of our scale.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: I knew it was happening in office, but to, to hear somebody say that and openly say that on the webinar, that they see it often. Um, and and, it, it's, and I'm, like, I'm like going, you know, like I told my partners over there, I said, we need to hire nonstop. We, never ha- we should never be not hiring people. And we should overhire. Um, and and then look at the type of person that we're hiring. Is is that really the? Do we really need that qualification for this thing?
0: And- for this particular task, and that's something that you that we've talked about about making sure that the right task is with the right team member. But I, I think the other side of it is in in the heat of tax season. It, it's I'm not sure if easy is the right word, but it's easier to just fix it and get on with it rather than actually go back and look at the root cause of the problem, isn't it? I, I think that's what we've got to get listeners in the habit of doing is see the issue, resolve the issue there. And then don't sort of note it down and say we'll come back to it after april because that'll never happen and you'll then see the problem another 15 16 times 150 160 times uh, before the end of tax season which will only cause um uh, an enormous amount of frustration but i think that's the the real key thing is where did the problem happen and it's and how do we get it resolved now so we don't continue to make that same error or same mistake or or whatever it is uh, time and time again over the next six weeks,
1: yeah, because you know, I, on that second mistake, that was the lazy mistake. Um, I could, in my mind, I was envisioning, oh, that's going to go. If, if I hadn't have caught that right away, that would have gone on for a good long time before anybody would have caught it, because it was, it was a, an expense that was allocated overall in the correct place, but it was actually allocated to the wrong. Vendor. <laughs> it was just, it, and it was like, Jesus, Mary. Enderman. Anyways, um, I was grateful that I was able to catch it quickly. But that's also because I'm in that set of books nonstop, and I don't usually deal with clients direct. Um, uh, in this case, this particular company has asked me to do this for them. I know them; they're down the street from me, so I do. Um, I don't usually. And, it, do
0: it. and it's the same thing for the most part. Partners don't know the the, the intricacies of the individual client file. Um, and no,
1: they're I, it until they don't see it until it gets done through a trial balance. Yeah.
0: You know,
1: yeah. It, um, and they're not seeing that the person who is actually uh, making the bread, <laughs> so to speak, and putting the ingredients in. You get to see it after it's been. You know, kneaded, risen, set to rise again, and then uh, probably baked in the oven halfway, and then you're opening the oven, you know, peeking through the oven door to see if it's hot. Where we're at on that, um, there's a um, there's so much there's so much that's going on now that you didn't have to deal with ten years ago because of cloud apps, and then has been even exacerbated. By the fact that more and more people are working virtually, uh, and then also more and more people are accepting cloud apps, and so I I can tell you that, you know, in 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 my world with what I look at, because we're tracking, you know, how many of cloud apps we're doing in this particular GL and this particular GL, and what what are we doing on on a desktop or on a server? We keep counts and numbers on that. And I can see a, a switch flipped. Um, and, and then it, Penny
2: wants...
1: So you've got data coming in everywhere. You've got real time. You've got clients looking at stuff in real time. And they're savvy. Um, they catch stuff. And,
0: or, or they're not. And and so they jump in and and think that they're helping and oh, yeah. make exactly. a couple of adjustments. But but again, if but if but if you're not if you're not looking at it on that regular consistent basis, uh, and you're not in the file um, on that regular consistent basis, that the client can jump in and, and make a few adjustments. Whole um, and and, the and, and,
1: of and, of and that, before you know it, yeah, the whole promise of that real time accurate bookkeeping just went out the window.
0: I mean, so it's interesting. So you've got you. Let's go back to this particular case with the client manager, um, or with you, yeah, with the with the manager. And where's the breakdown? Do you think in in most firms? Because as you said, three different managers came in over a period of time, and they did it three different ways. And they said, I don't just just do what I told you to do. Where's the breakdown? There is—is is that the onboarding experience with the firm that first time round that the 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 operations manual or the procedures manual was thrown at the the manager and said, "Look, here's the way we do things here. Read it and follow it, and away we go." And they just chose to ignore it. Is it that the the procedures weren't documented? Where do you think the breakdown was, and and where do you think listeners should really focus on? Um, to make sure that there is consistency in the work they do across all clients, regardless of, of who's working on the job.
1: Well, that's an interesting question because in this case, this client, this particular accounting business, is very—they're uh, very good at procedures. They're very detailed in procedures. They're very uh, communicative about them. Um, in this case, I think the. In this case, that second account manager didn't have the right goal in mind. Her goal was, I want this done my way because this is what I'm comfortable with. And they didn't have the ultimate goal of what's the outcome that we have to provide for the client. And um, so that was a disc That to me, for that specific issue, that's where I saw the disconnect. Um, and but I think, I think, you know, when you onboard somebody, when you when you bring in somebody who's going to do trial balance work and in, in non, non-client facing, non-client touching, real-time stuff, it's different. You can, you have compliance work that you have to do in a certain way. You might want to do your, groupings differently you may want to put your reports in a different format like you said three three partners doing three different tax returns might want them to look differently but the numbers are the numbers of the debits of the debits and the credits of the credits but when it comes to this you know front end interacting with the client interacting with a live application um, that has a constant feed that's where it becomes much more problematic, and that's where the trouble starts. And if it doesn't get nipped in the bud then, then you know what? At a busy tax season, you're going to be fixing it, and it's going to, be, it's going to drive you crazy, and then animosities will grow, and tensions will grow, and it, it's like, oh, God, no wonder nobody wants to come to work and do this work.
0: And, so- and the the all of a sudden 8 9 10 p.m. and you're still at the office cleaning up this mess. Yeah. Um and more often than not the partners the the the, the seniors and the partners are the ones cleaning up the mess or the, the 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 poor juniors are the ones that are cleaning up this mess at, at 10 and 11 o'clock at night. But I Penny, I I sort of want to go back to something you said which I thought was really interesting. You you said that in in this particular case the manager didn't understand or didn't didn't buy into the idea that we are doing this for the client and this is why we're doing it this way for the client. Um, And and I think that's a really interesting point and particularly when you think about onboarding, um, you can can probably get, well, when you find them, you can probably get them in and and get them churning out work. But getting the buy-in to what you're doing for your clients, why you're doing it, and the way you're doing it, we're doing it this way so that we can give the client access to, let's say, real-time data. We're doing it so the clients can make better decisions. We're doing it so the clients have complete visibility over... Th- this is this is why we're doing it this way. It, it sounds like, and I, I would agree that there's a lot of firms don't really spend a lot of time talking about why we do it this way for our clients. Yes they just focus on churning through the work and getting out the door as quickly as possible.
1: Yeah, and, and, yeah, and obviously this, this particular person didn't last very long in this Partially because that wasn't a unique experience. For us, it was for this particular issue, but they were looking back on it. When I remember when she left, that, that kind of was going on anyways. I mean, she had her agenda. She had her agenda and her agenda did not comply with what that firm was doing, nor with what that um, client needed. And in this particular instance, they quickly recognized that she wasn't going to be a team player and she was gone. But there was probably a disconnect on following up with, you know, the procedure changed and we still have a problem. regrouping back to the new account manager to let them know. Um, I'm not going to hold Bavani responsible for that because, uh, you know, with the amount of work that comes through on this company, I'm sure that she just assumed the higher-ups took care of it, but they didn't. Yeah. Um, and but still, too, is I think it's real important that you get, that everybody's on the same page. What's the goal here? The goal is to have a successful accounting firm that gives the client the promise of what you gave them when they signed up to do work with you. When they asked, mm-hmm. when they came in with their business or their uh, personal finances and said, help me, because that's what they did is come in and ask you for help. It's a very complicated world. Uh, accountants uh, are needed more now than they ever have been. Um, I believe. And, Mm. you know, they've asked you for help. So you got to get that buy in that everybody's in this for what it is that we're going to do. And everybody's a team player. Um, Now, team players can have different aspects. Some team players can have different agendas personally. But the thing is, when we're working as a team and that team is all of us in the firm, business, all the clients and all the technology, we're all going to use it to get to the ultimate goal, to find that goal, set the steps. And when the steps change is when either the goal changes or the technology changes. Or something. So somebody has to be kind of in charge of that. And then give your team the space. We use that word a lot, don't we? Give that, your team the space to sit down and reevaluate with you and others on the team. Hey, this isn't working anymore. Something's different with the client mm. Something's different with the technology or uh, there's something new that will do it better. And do, when do you, you, what you go, when do you have time during tax season? Um, well maybe figure out a way, you know, make the time. I, 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 I've heard that from my own team in India. We don't have the time. And I said, you're going to have to make the time because if we don't do it now, we're going to be we're going to be fixing mess ups later on.
0: And, and I, I have seen firms do some interesting sort of um, halftime tax season type initiatives where comes, look, let's just say come March 16. We, we take a slight breather, but we actually sit down and, and regroup as a team. And we do that red light, green light, um, amber light activity. We go back to the, the what's working, what's not working. Uh, and, and that might be something that listeners uh, can, can commit to, to say, right, let's have a half-time break. Uh, we may have some half-time entertainment, we may not, but but we need to sit down and regroup and look at what's working, what's not working, what do we need to tighten up before we then go into the next burst of tax season. So if we can't create space now um, before the next deadline, we've got to make sure it's got to be in the in, in the calendar to say we're going to sit down and do a half-day session on what's working, what's not working, what do we need to tighten up on, and, and then we get going with things. But I, I, I also think, Penny, you know, it, it. In the heat of tax season, all of our hiring, all of our um, the, the sort of methodology, and, and this this having a purpose and the reason that we come to work each day, it seems as if that all goes out the window because we just need a, a bum in the seat, so to speak. Um,
2: exactly. And, and,
0: and and and, and uh, you know i i as as you were sort of saying the purpose and why are we here and and what's the reason that we're doing this for our clients it sort of reminded me of some of the earlier episodes of taking the time to 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 spend with your team and and to your point revisit that is this still right remind the team of this is why we come to work each day this is what we're focused on and i know that the the immediate get a bum in the sea is that is the first thing on your mind but but make sure that there is that cultural fit on the team perspective, because if 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 it's not there, you're going to bring in problems from the get-go. And it sounded like in this particular instance that you're talking about, it sounded as if there was something in the back of their minds at, from the outset that said, "Oh, look, might not be a great fit, but right, but 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 i bum need- in the seat." Yeah, but but it's what we need. And
1: and and when you talk about tax season, I mean. The thing is, it's not stopped. It's been going on since January of 2020, and it hasn't stopped. And nobody got a slowdown period, um, and uh, it, I. Although it's a little bit more intense, if anything, our, our tax teams and our, and our trial balance teams are probably uh, doing. They're doing much smoother and operating much smoother. And then the accounting and bookkeeping teams who are being slant.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, and they're, they're just being overwhelmed with the amount of work. Um, and that's an interesting dynamic in that business, is, at least here in the United States, has not stopped and it is growing. and. There is more and more demand. I, mean, I, I I kind of giggle a little bit at these. How to grow your firm? You don't have to. I was, <laughs> just, I, was I was just talking to a client. We're going to do a conversion for him on uh, from desktop to a cloud system, and um, I said, "So how's it going?" He goes, "He goes. You know something? I don't have to advertise." He said, "I've just opened up my second office in the second state." I don't have to advertise," he said. "I got I got people pounding on the door looking for help. They need us, and um, he goes. He goes. I just have. He goes. What I have to do is figure out how to discern who I'm willing to take on. And I thought, good for you, Jeff. <laughs> good for you, because sometimes you just take anybody that comes in the door because you think you need the money, and it's not worth it in the long run. You got to really think about it. I, I've turned away people. I've turned away numerous people in the last couple of months going, you know what? If you come to me that desperate this far into tax season, I don't think yeah, I'd want-, oh, yeah, somebody I don't think I want that. Yeah. Yeah. He heard me on the phone with somebody. And, he, and when I hung up, he goes, You didn't ask him to call you back next year. I go, Are you kidding me if he acts like this now? <laughs> I don't want to work with that guy. He's going to be an asshole. <laughs> Just, I, mean, I don't want to do that. I don't need it, I don't need the stress.
0: And and I think that's a really good point as well, is like he sounded like he sounded like an asshole now. I can't imagine what he's gonna be like in, in in 12 months' time or next year or or after tax season or whatever it is. Um no, I agree with you. It, it's sort of one of it's an interesting point that and, and even if I look at the CPE sort of calendars and all that type of stuff, there there's not the the grow your practice, the marketing and all that type of stuff. You don't see that as as much anymore because that isn't one of the challenges facing the accounting industry, facing accounting firms of of finding new clients. it's It's you're right, accountants and bookkeepers are, are in in such high demand. So now it's about how do practitioners, how do the the firms become more efficient in their their data processing and their service delivery so that they can actually do more for their clients. and and do do more a select group of their clients rather than just bringing in more clients, I think it's a really great opportunity for accountants and bookkeepers to become very specific about the clients that they want to work with and the services that they want to be providing. Um, and this will give you that space that we were talking about to um, to do this after-action review, to do these types of review process, to make sure that um, the, the firm is constantly and 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 constantly improving uh, on process procedure technology adoption client experience team experience etc
2: i
1: think it's much more critical to do this if you're having a firm or a business that does um more non-tax work mm-hmm. that, you know if you do if you're in believe me there's plenty of space for somebody who still wants to do corporate and high net worth tax. Returns. There's lots of opportunity to grow that. Um, and, and I see a lot of it out there. But, you know, doing a, a once a two year review, you know, twice a year review of your process, your procedure, that's okay because it's compliance driven. Mm-hmm. But if you're doing, if you're going to add bookkeeping in, and you'd be a fool not to anymore, you have to evaluate those clients much more often. Maybe even a monthly basis look at it because I've seen I've seen businesses like I mean I I don't take on a lot but you know I probably have 30 people that are just you know I'm not going through a CPA for them We're just their bookkeeping department and I have watched these companies grow some of them like overnight doubling. And if they're going to double their revenues, like that fast, you know that you're going to have to adjust your systems and dealing with it. And you've got to be on top of that adjustment. Um, I've got one company right now. They've, we've only, they've only been in existence since January of 2020. And we've already reevaluated their uh, technology and their ecosystem twice. We're about to do it a third time because they, it's, it, that's how much they're scaling up and that's how fast it's happening. I've got another one that within three months, I said, okay, I'm done. We need to get you a CPA. (laughs) (laughs) And, um, you know, so, I mean, there's just another one where I say, when are you going to hire your in-house CFO? You need one. You desperately need one. And that's just, these are companies that have just come to us in the last two years to one year where they have just grown unbelievably and you have to be on top of that and adjust with them.
0: and and i think you you sort of asked the question of where do i find the time well you find the time by saying no to the things that don't fit with the the core purpose of the firm and what you've decided to do and and that's saying no potentially to new clients that's a way in which you create space because i i would uh contend in it exactly what you're saying that within your own client base there's an enormous amount of opportunity to help these clients reassess their systems reassess their technology help them set themselves up for success for the next stage of growth and and in my mind that seems much more exciting much more interesting much more profitable than bringing on another compliance client
1: (laughs) exactly exactly It's, it's very uh it's, it's a different mindset that you need. Uh, you, might, you might need to hire different types of people than you're used to hiring. Um, and um, you have to remember to think outside the box. And when you're outside that box, you're going to end up, because it's human nature, to build another box. So always be looking at where that is. Um, you know, just, uh, It's not an easy time. In some ways, but it's an exciting time because it's like for years, the downtrodden accountant and bookkeeper uh, that nobody wanted to deal with because I only want to talk to him because I have an IRS problem. Um, you can be the superstar if you want.
0: And, and also, the downtrodden accountant and bookkeeper that's having the worst tax season ever and, and working sort of seven to seven or seven till 10 and that type of stuff. You don't have to be that. You don't have to do that. You, you make a decision about what you want to do and, and the type of firm that you want to bring, uh, type of firm you want to build. And and I, t- as, we've, as we've previously said, I, I don't think there's a better time to be in the accounting and bookkeeping game because there's so much opportunity out there and, and businesses are, are crying out for your insights, expertise. Um, and there's so much opportunity beyond that traditional compliance within with those clients that um, that th- this idea of downtrodden um, tax season and and th- that that can be a thing of the past. But you do have to be willing to say no to a new client so that you can focus on on what you want the most.
1: Here's a story, just real quick to end it all. Yep. My uh, daughter called me um, about three weeks ago and said, Mom, uh, we tried to do our taxes in TurboTax. I think we need an accountant. And, you know, they've done very well. They've been very successful. And, and I went, yeah, you do. She goes, I said, well, have you contacted your dad? And Would you just help me? And I went, okay, fine. Um, based on where she was at, I knew somebody who I'd worked with. Wasn't a client of mine. They're not a, a CPA firm. I mean, I'd done consulting work for them. And I really kind of was always impressed with their their firm, uh, their business. And uh, so I contacted them. Uh, she was out of town, but they said, well, she'll get back to you. Well, I got an email two days later from her I'm in Cancun at my daughter's wedding. I'll be here for a week. This is flipping taxis. <laughs>
2: third
1: week of February. And I'm going, for you and she goes and you know what my I asked my daughter she goes yep she contacted me we've got it going we got our tax account she assigned us somebody we're on our road we're doing you know that is doable she's very successful and she does a fantastic job and you know and she enjoyed a week in Cancun on her daughter's
2: wedding during the middle
0: of tax season whereas previously there wouldn't have been a a chance in in hell that that um the daughter of a tax partner would be scheduling their or planning That's their a, wedding a, around tax season.
1: Well, for my first comment was, "Oh my god, I she was just a little kid the last time I saw her." And <laughs> yeah. a little old. but also um it was like I thought in the back of my mind, "Oh my god, she had no problem setting her wedding up in the middle of taxing season when her mother's an accountant." That was pretty impressive.
0: Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And 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 maybe that's a really good place to end today's episode. And and sort of, I mean, I, I, we we started talking about um, we're going to have turnover during tax season. We're going to want to bring people in during tax season. One of the biggest, one of the biggest things, and one of the best things that you can do, one of the most important things, and one of the best things you can do is make sure that onboarding experience for those new team members is both the the hr side of things but also the 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 process and procedure side of things Um, you'll you'll save yourself a lot of heartache uh, by investing that time on the front end and making sure that the team understands new team members current team members understand your your processes your procedures why you do things the, for the clients the the clients that you work with invest that time and I, I know time is probably one of your most finite resources during tax season but that that time invested up front will pay off um, well and truly throughout tax season and beyond um, so i that was one of my key takeaways from from uh, today's episode
1: well, hopefully it was okay.
0: <laughs> Good stuff. Right. Well, Penny, you're speaking at the uh, the Accounting Web. Um, the Accounting Web Live Summit in May in San Diego. Is that right?
1: Yeah. Uh, can't believe they asked me to do it, but I'll bring there with my sweat. Fantastic.
0: So um so Penny's speaking at the Accounting Web Lives Summit.com uh, in May in San Diego, California, May 9 through 12. So I think it's accounting com. Um, that's yeah. quite the uh <laughs> it rolls off your tongue. Um I'm speaking at the Accountants Daily Strategy Day in Melbourne in March. Uh so you should be able to find out all those details on our LinkedIn profiles. We'll be sharing those. Uh but Penny, always a pleasure. Look forward to uh to to our next episode. Um so until then, have a wonderful day.
1: You too, and safe journey back to Australia.
0: Yeah, right? thanks, Penny.
2: All right, bye-bye.
0: Bye-bye. Yeah.